Happy Friday, everyone, and welcome back to Unbothered. Josh here today, and again, I was wrong on another Thursday night game last night. Titans-Packers. Packers lost. I'm going to react to that. A couple things I was actually right about within that game, except the final outcome. Then I move on to Week 11. A lot of great games on this weekend. I'm going to go through all those predictions, things to look out for. Then I'm going to get into some college football picks as well. And then also react to Aaron Judge winning the MVP. And I'm going to give you my World Cup prediction as that starts on Sunday. Looking forward to that as well. So let's get right into it. With the Titans-Packers last night, thought the Packers weren't a win. Thought it was going to be a close game, field goal type game. Yet, Titans won 27-17. to What stood out to me? Well, yesterday on my podcast, I said I thought the Packers had some momentum, especially on a short week. Both teams dealing with injuries, but I thought the Titans were dealing with just a little bit more significant injuries. However, I thought it was going to be a back-and-forth game. Derrick Henry's going to do really good, and uh, check, he did do really good. Uh, a rushing touchdown, uh, passing touchdown, uh, great fantasy game, as I said he was going to have. But I thought the biggest X-factor was going to be the coaching. I said yesterday that if these coaches were to be flipped, the Titans would be 3-6, and six, Green Bay would be 6-4. Uh, and four. And I feel that exact same way after last night. LaFleur got outcoached. Outcoached, outcoached, outcoached. Again, I feel if these two coaches were to switch, the Titans right now would be 3-7 and seven with LaFleur. And with Vrabel, the Packers would be 7-4. and four. I look at these rosters, and to me, uh, Matt LaFleur has a more talented roster. I really do believe that. You look at the quarterback position. Aaron Rodgers is severely more talented and better, even in his age right now, than Ryan Tannehill. I look at the running backs. Yes, Derrick Henry is the better overall back, one of the best running backs. But Green Bay, to me, has a great tandem in Aaron Jones, A.J. Dillon. To me, wide receivers, I would rather have the Packers wide receiver set then the Titans, to me, Traylon Burks is good, but he's been injured a lot this year. Uh, good game yesterday. Uh, you know, Robert Woods has just been all right. Tight ends have been good. Uh, but a very comparable with Green Bay. I like Christian Watson a lot. They've got a veteran in Randall Cobb, similar to Robert Woods. they got a Tunyon, similar to Hooper. Uh, but they also got a Dobbs, who's been injured, a Torre. So these weapons are good. Offensive line, I think Green Bay's one healthier, is a bit better. Defense, I'd say the Titans are a bit better, especially after the losses uh, to Rashawn Gary, but they still got Jair Alexander uh, back there at corner. Uh, Devondre Campbell's been banged up, uh, whereas Tennessee's got their players, Jeffrey Simmons, Bud Dupree banged up, Danico Autry, so similar. But Mike Vrabel, again, maximizes his talent, milks everything out of this roster, gets every last dropout for them to succeed, puts them in a position to win, calls a great game plan, great scheme, and Matt LaFleur just can't do it. 
This loss, this season, is an indictment on Matt LaFleur. Now you can say that the Devontae Adams, uh, Aaron Rodgers, you know, uh, slight uh, drop in production and numbers, uh, that can be attributed to Aaron Rodgers and the loss of Devontae Adams. That's on Aaron Rodgers. But the overall team, the defense, the special teams, the offense, that's on LaFleur. It's all on LaFleur. He's not a good coach. If I was the Green Bay Packers, if I was the general manager, Brian Gutekunst after this year, I'd fire Matt LaFleur. Heck, I might fire him right now to at least give one of my assistant coaches an audition uh, for the next six games that they have. Uh, and I know Matt, and I know uh, Aaron Rodgers won't openly say this, uh, but I don't think he likes LaFleur. I don't think, I think he knows LaFleur doesn't have that it factor to be a head coach, especially for this team. It's why, you know, you know, Aaron Rodgers won't publicly say it, but, you know, he'll roll his eyes to him at the sideline. He'll bark at him a little bit. Uh, but I don't think Matt LaFleur is the right guy for this job. Uh, this roster, which I think is good, if they had plenty of other coaches, this team would be very good. I think Mike McDaniel so far has proved that he's a better coach than Matt LaFleur. Uh, Sean McDermott, I think, is a better coach. That's two. Bill Belichick is better, three. Uh, John Harbaugh, four. Zach Taylor for the Bengals is five. Mike Tomlin, six. Um, Doug Peterson for the Jags, that's seven. Andy Reid, of course, eight. Um, Nick Sirianni is nine. Uh, Brian Dable so far looks better than Matt LaFleur. I'd rather have him. Uh, the turnaround he's done with the New York Giants has been fantastic. That's 10. Uh, Washington, Ron Rivera. I'd rather have Ron Rivera. 11. Uh, Dan Campbell. I like Dan Campbell a lot. 12. Uh, Tampa Bay, probably not right now. Uh, going down the list. Pete Carroll. That's 13. Kyle Shanahan, I think, is a wizard. That's 14. Uh, Sean McVay, 15. So 15 coaches better than Matt LaFleur. So he's mediocre. He's, to me, right there at 16. I don't care how you slice it, spice it, say it, spray it. He's not a good coach. To me, his comparable, his uh, comp, it's Mike McCarthy. And where did Mike McCarthy coach before the Dallas Cowboys? The Green Bay Packers. And he... Had that one Super Bowl run with Aaron Rodgers, but after that couldn't maximize the talent on the team. We see that now with Dallas. A very talented football team, yet he can't maximize the team. Mike McCarthy and Matt LaFleur are the same person in a different body. LaFleur is 20 years younger, better looking than Mike McCarthy, yet they are the same individual. They both lose big games they don't maximize their team and their talent. LaFleur should not be an NFL head coach. He just shouldn't. He's a product of a great system with Kyle Shanahan, Mike Shanahan before that. But Matt LaFleur on his own, he is not that guy. It's time for the Packers fans to start realizing that. It's time for the management to start realizing that because LaFleur is not a good head coach.
They're four and seven right now with Aaron Rodgers. Imagine if Jordan Love was their quarterback with Matt LaFleur. Imagine that quarterback coach duo. They don't beat the Cowboys the week before. And probably earlier in the season, uh, they don't beat the Patriots in overtime. They don't force that comeback. And they probably don't beat the Bucks either. They'd be looking at one win right now, maybe two if you think that they still beat the Bucks. Two, two wins, maybe one. Matt LaFleur is not it. He's not a good head coach. Wake up. It's not him. He shouldn't be the guy. Aaron Rodgers, not going to let him slide. He did make a two terrible throws. One he had was dancing around in the pocket. Sammy Watkins wide open. Uh, just a bad throw. Totally missed him. And another wide open throw to Alan Lazard. Alan Lazard overthrew, he overthrew Alan Lazard. Couldn't catch it. That was another big one. But, you know, he did have another throw to Alan Lazard. And Alan Lazard just stopped on the route. You know, you keep going. You run. You contest. You might get a pass interference. You have a much better shot than just stopping on the route itself. So that was bad. And then this rush defense as well. Uh, Derrick Henry, uh, you know, 3.1 yards per carry. Uh, I thought was decent yesterday. You know, they just gave it to him enough, tricked him out, made him respect it to open up the play-action pass. And I don't know why uh, the Green Bay Packers went away from Aaron Jones. Because, it, you know, it's very, you know, Derrick Henry, 28 carries, 87 yards, a touchdown, 3.1. Aaron Jones, 12 carries, 40 yards, 3.3. So better, but they gave more carries, or they gave six carries to A.J. Dillon. And A.J. Dillon just did not have it yesterday. I stopped behind the line, couldn't get anything going. To me, Aaron Jones, much better, especially when you pitch it out to him. He can make a play or do a sweep with him. Uh, He's effective there as well. So I think the Packers, I think A.J. Dillon's a good back. But Aaron Jones is a great running back. There's a difference between those two. I like sprinkling in A.J. Dillon. Uh, Definitely uh, is a different package. But when the game is close, the game is tight, you keep Aaron Jones in there. Aaron Jones is the better running back. But again, that's an indictment on Matt LaFleur and head coaching there, which he cannot do. And I think this is probably be, you know, the, cra- the thing that's going to drive me the craziest uh, is if Matt LaFleur somehow keeps his job after this year. Uh, I'd feel really sorry for the Packers fans out there if he does. Because their 13 and three record, the past uh, you know two years, that is a byproduct of Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams, you know, ad libbing a ton of plays, and he can't do that now with no Devontae Adams, and Matt Lafleur doesn't know how to call a game, so that is that. But again, I'm not going to take anything away from Tennessee's win. Mike Vrabel is by far the superior coach. Superior. Uh, Derrick Henry, fantastic. Ryan Tannehill off of play action. Looked great. Didn't make a mistake until the fourth quarter where he threw that terrible interception right to the Green Bay defender there. I believe it was Rasul Douglas. Uh, But Tennessee, the much better team all game. 
uh, in every facet of it. So good win by Tennessee. It was a big game. They're now 7-3. and three. You know, I like their chances to win the AFC South. And I like their chances as well to get a top three seed as well. I thought this division winner would get the fourth. But Titans now set up a big game against the Bengals. Next weekend will be a rematch of a divisional round game from last year. They have the Eagles the week after that. But then after that, the schedule does ease up a bit. Jaguars, Texans, you know, your division, Cowboys, Jags. So much easier after these new next two weeks. Uh, we'll really see what Tennessee's made of against the Bengals and against the Eagles. But great win last night by Tennessee. Thank you to Derrick Henry for uh, paying off my fantasy bet uh, last night. Now let's move on to the rest of Week 11. And I want to start with an upset that I'm going to pick, and that's Kansas City and the Los Angeles Chargers. Now that you know I said it's going to be an upset, you know that I'm going with the Los Angeles Chargers. Why is that? I really like the way the Chargers play the Chiefs. Uh, ever since Justin Herbert's there, Justin Herbert's got a couple of wins. All the games are really close. Uh, the game earlier in the season, again, was very close. It was a three-point win by the Chiefs. Chargers kind of dominated, but the Justin Herbert pick six is the thing that killed them. Uh, so why am I picking the Chargers again? Well, again, they match up good with the Chiefs. Justin Herbert, tremendous talent at quarterback. Last week he had a rough going, but understandably, it was against the San Francisco 49ers defense, who in fact to me have the best defense in football. Now he's going against the Chiefs. Chiefs just have a mediocre defense. You can run on them, you can pass on them, uh, you know, you can definitely move a ball on the Chiefs defense. So, I trust Justin Herbert. Why else? I think he's going to get some of his weapons back. Who knows if Keenan Allen will play. He's only played in two games so far, missed a lot due to his hamstring injury. Mike Williams was out the past two weeks doing an ankle sprain. Both of them are back to practice this week for questionable, so... You know, I'm hoping at least one of them comes back. That'll help out Justin Herbert. Uh, the Kansas City Chiefs, however, they won't have Juju Smith-Schuster. He's officially been ruled out with a concussion. Michael Hardman was placed on injured reserve. He won't play. That's a big loss. And Marquez Zaldez-Scantley, MBS, is dealing with an illness. Uh, we'll see if he's good to go. But that could just leave really Kadarius Tony. And Travis Kelsey uh, hamstringing these wide receivers. Sky Moore will obviously have to step up. So both these wide receiver corps dealing with some injuries. Again, uh, I like Justin Herbert in this game. He can match throw for throw just like Patrick Mahomes can. Uh, again, both defenses, uh, you know, I've already mentioned Kansas City's defense. Chargers defense has been riddled with injuries a Unit I thought was going to be much improved is pretty good, much the same or worse with, you know, J.C. Jackson out, uh, Joey Bosa out as well. So I do think both these teams will score. I think this will be a fun affair. But in the end, I have Justin Herbert in the Los Angeles Chargers upsetting the Kansas City Chiefs.
Now let's move on to another game I have as an upset before I just go through the uh, slot from starting at the early games to the later games. Um, that's the other upset I'm going to pick. And it's actually, it's not an upset, but I feel it would be an upset. And that's the Dallas Cowboys over the Minnesota Vikings. Somehow the Cowboys are one and a half point favorites to Minnesota. Minnesota's the first home underdog that's 8-1 and one since 1976. Let that sink in. Well, sometimes Vegas uh, isn't wrong. Sometimes Vegas is right. Last week, uh, I was surprised by the LSU-Arkansas spread. LSU favored by three. I thought, uh, you know, Alabama torched Arkansas. I think LSU can score in Arkansas. You know, they were able to score in Alabama. Arkansas is not Bama. However, LSU was there by three. I do think Dallas is going to win this game. I think it's going to be close. Don't think it's going to be a route or anything like that. But I got Dallas winning by a field goal. Why? As I have said all year, the media is now in love with Kirk Cousins. It's funny how it works, you know. Uh, you know, Kirk Cousins is just an average. He's just a guy. Uh, and then he leads a, a team to 8-1. and one. And then look at that. He's a great quarterback. Now let's dig into his past stats. And he's always been a great quarterback. That's, you know, I've so many people in the media are drinking some purple Kool-Aid. That's what's going on. They are sipping Viking Kool-Aid. But I'm not taking it. Not being ignorant. Not being stubborn. I just don't see it. I'm not high on Kirk Cousins. Again, he is con artist Kirk. So why do I think the Cowboys are going to win? Cowboys have the best pass rush in football. Yes, I thought Buffaloes was decent last week, but there were times where I wish he could got after him. Von Miller made a big play, but this is Micah Parsons. This is Demarcus Lawrence. This is a loaded defensive line that gets after the quarterback in four, uh, with four people. I think Kirk Cousins will be in a lot, a lot of pain this weekend with all the hits he's going to take. Why do I also like it? There's a thing about history that I like as well in matchups. I just do. You know, you have Kyle Shanahan. I think it's eight regular season games in a row against Sean McVay. You just lean to picking Kyle Shanahan and the Niners. Uh, last week, you know, I mentioned the history with Aaron Rodgers. He was 7-2 and two against the Cowboys. I went against the history on that one, and Aaron Rodgers is now 8-2 and two against the boys. Well, what about the Dallas Cowboys? What's their record against Kirk Cousins? I believe it is seven and two all time, and with uh, or seven and two or eight and two, and with Dak Prescott, it is four and one. He's four and one against the Cowboys last year. Dak didn't even get the win. Cooper Rush got the win, and it was a Sunday night game, primetime light big in Minnesota. So I know this Dallas team is not afraid to going to Minnesota. To beat up on some Vikings. So I think with the pass rush that they have, I think Trevon Diggs is better than he was last year. My season to shut down Justin Jefferson. No, you've got to double team him. And I think Dan Quinn is a great defensive coordinator who can get the job done. And if Ezekiel Elliott is back, he can log in 
uh, some carries. Tony Pollard's been great, but I do like the separation there, uh, giving them some carries. Uh, CeeDee Lamb, great game last week. I'm looking for him to build on that. Dak Dak Prescott, Kirk Cousins, very similar quarterbacks in terms of stats and wins, appearances, and big games. But I'm going with history. History is on the Cowboys' side. History is not on Kirk Cousins' side, who is the ultimate con artist. I'm hearing Vikings is a Super Bowl contender. Kirk Cousins is put him in the MVP conversation. But you can't trust a con artist. You just can't. Because this is when people are the highest on him. Last week going into the game, there were people high. There were still a lot of skeptical doubters out there going into the game because they played Buffalo. Now that they beat Buffalo in overtime, a couple of Josh Allen interceptions, it's Kirk Cousins is the greatest thing since sliced bread. That's what I'm hearing. It's, he's great. He's proved all the doubters wrong now. Let's elevate Kirk Cousins to Tier 1 status. He's on the next plane to Canton. No. I'm here to pump the brakes. I'm here to be the truth-telling realist that the con artist is going to show up. And when people are saying, how are the Cowboys going to stop Dalvin Cook and Justin Jefferson? You know, they don't need to stop those guys. Who do you need to stop? You just need to reveal the con artist is who he is, and that is Kirk Cousins. Everybody is fooled right now. But I will not be fooled. I will not. I'm picking the Cowboys to win this game. If Kirk Cousins gets to 10-1, I'll give him his flowers. I'll drop the con artist moniker. But these are a very telling next two weeks. Even three weeks against the Jets, I think, is a tough game. It's going to be a very telling three-week stretch. Why? Because they're playing winning opponents. His next three opponents all have a winning record. Cowboys, Patriots, Jets. Why else is it big? They're all in Minnesota. They're all at home. Big game, Cowboys game this week, afternoon, primetime spot. Uh, Fox game of, or CBS game of the week, Tony Romo on the call, Jim Nance. And then the Patriots the week after, Thanksgiving Day, Sunday, Thursday night. One of the biggest spots there is. We're coming, Kirk Cousins. McCon artist shall be revealed. I guarantee it. All right, let's move on to the rest of the slot of games that we have. Chicago, Atlanta. Atlanta was off to a good start. Uh, however, recently, haven't done so well. They've lost uh, three out of their past four games. Uh, haven't really been able to cover the spread like they have in the beginning of the season, where Chicago is kind of turned it on, found themselves offensively. They had the Lions, really. Cairo Santos missed extra point. Game probably would have went to overtime. So you have that loss. They played the Dolphins extremely, extremely well. Lost by a field goal. Uh, you know, the Bears uh, against, or the, against the Cowboys. Justin Fields also went off. So they're running the football with Justin Fields. Uh, very dynamic player. So it definitely helps. The team out, you know, he's leading the team in passing and rushing. However, I don't think that is sustainable. And they've lost close games. Atlanta, this is really a toss-up in my opinion. But I think Atlanta gets back on track this weekend. 
Uh, I think having a mini buy coming 10 days off the disappointing rain game in Carolina, back at home in the Dome, I think the suit to Atlanta, uh, Marcus Mariota, them running the football with Patterson, it'll be a little bit more healthier. Get the ball to Drake London. And I think, I said this last week before we played the Panthers, and I'll say it again. Give a call, give a ball, give a ball to Kyle Pitts. Give it to him. He's a star player, star tight end. Uh, give him the ball, please. It'll help you out. You can thank me later, Atlanta. Cleveland and Buffalo. This game is uh, moved. It was scheduled to be in Buffalo, but massive snowstorm in effect. They decide to move the game to Detroit. So. Who gets the edge in that? Obviously, it's Buffalo. Why? Well, because Cleveland likes to run the football, play defense. Uh, That is something that can stop Buffalo, is running the football and playing defense, especially with the weather conditions where it's hard to throw the football, grip the football. Of course, that would benefit the Cleveland Browns. Now they're playing in Detroit, Ford Field, which is a closed indoor arena. And I think it now benefits the Bills big time. No weather conditions, you know, no outside X factors to lean on. It's Josh Allen slinging the ball. And I'm looking for Josh Allen to bounce back. He needs to bounce back after two uh, weeks in a row where he threw some bad interceptions. I want him to step up. I want Sean McDermott to call a tighter game in terms of running the football more with Devin Singletary down in the red zone. Running a QB draw with Josh Allen, not looking for him to throw interceptions. That's not what I want to see. That's not what the fans of Buffalo want to see. If you want Josh Allen to enter back into the MVP race, let him make smart decisions. Not dumb decisions. Smart decisions. But I think Buffalo will win this game. They get that advantage being in the inside arena. Cleveland has struggled. Uh, to win close games and a lot of games in general outside of the Bengals. Uh, So I'm rolling with Buffalo uh, to win this game. Uh, Even though Deshaun Watson is practicing, he's not suited up yet. Uh, And Jacoby Brissett has not been, to me, a great replacement there at quarterback. Next up, Philadelphia and Indianapolis. Philly just suffered their first loss to the Commanders. On Monday night, now they get to play the Colts, who have Jonathan Taylor looks healthy. Looks like he's sort of back. Not going to proclaim it yet because it's one game. Eagles, what do they know? Well, hey, guess what? Our rush defense, it's not that good. They went out to get Limbaugh Joseph and Ndama Kongsu. We're going to see if those prove true. Why? Because... Now, till the end of the season, they play some of the best rushing teams. Their schedule, Indianapolis Colts. Jonathan Taylor, I think, went healthy. One of the best running backs. He proved that last week against the Raiders. If he can continue that, Eagles' rush defense will have to be better. Week after that, Aaron Jones and the Packers come to town. The week after that, Derrick Henry. Oh, another great running back. The week after that, oh, Saquon Barkley, another fantastic running back who... Had the yardage lead until last night's game. Uh, Derrick Henry took that over. 
Oh, then the Bears. Oh, Justin Fields has just been running up and down the field this year. Then the Cowboys, and Cowboys like to run the ball with Tony Pollard and Zeke. Then the Saints. Oh, do they like to run the ball? Oh, they got a guy called Alvin Kamara. And then they finish against Saquon Barkley again. So this rush defense is going to have to improve, improve fast. Uh, we'll see what Jonathan Taylor can do. I think he will be able to run the football. It's in Indy. Uh, benefits them not going to Philly. Uh, however, I think Philadelphia's want to get that loss, you know, that bad taste out of their mouth. Uh, I think Philadelphia will be able to bounce back and win this game. But there is something that if Indianapolis gets up, can they hold the lead? Uh, because this year, the one sample size, the one game, the Eagles have not been able to come back from a lead. Guess what? We'll have to do that in the playoffs. Uh, you won't be up every game dominating, winning the turnover battle game after game at a historic rate. So this game will be interesting. And it's also good because Stephon Gilmore has looked very good this year. Flying under the radar. Not a lot of people have talked about him. Uh, they all give the praise to Drafon Diggs and Jair Alexander. And Jalen Ramsey still somehow. But Stephon Gilmore, to me, has done a very underrated job in his position this year at cornerback. He's done fantastic. If he's matched up against A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith is going to have to win some battles. I like Philly to win this game, but I do expect it to be close. Wouldn't be surprised if Indy pulled off yet another shocker. Next, the Jets in New England. You know, I think New England is... Or, uh, yeah, New England, my bad. Uh, New England won the previous matchup. With the defense sort of dominated. And, you know, New England hasn't lost to the Jets in like four years. It's like something ridiculous. Like uh, 13 games in a row I think the Patriots have won. And I just checked. Yes, it's it's 13 games. And a lot of people are picking the Jets right now to break the streak. I don't see it. You know, this game that was played was only uh, three, four weeks ago. Uh against the Jets in New York and New England won. I expect New England to win. Uh, New England's defense has been great. They shut down Zach Wilson. Jack, Zach Wilson's not an accurate throw of a football. Both teams are coming off a bye, but I like New England's preparation more coming off a bye so far in the history of Bill Belichick than I do Sala and the Jets. I like New England to win this game. Uh, extend that win streak, uh, and then own the head-to-head over them as well in the division race past the New York Jets. The Rams and the Saints, two teams to me that are out of a playoffs. Rams are 3-6. and six. Uh, They're doing just terrible. Uh, Rams have been bad. I predicted it, but you know, not a lot of people thought so, and they all thought you know Rams would be right back in playoff Super Bowl contention. The Saints haven't done so well either. They have uh, lost two in a row to the Steelers and Kenny Pickett and the Ravens. Things aren't looking good for them. However, I'm picking the Saints to win this game. L.A., the Rams lost Cooper Cup. To me, he was the best wide receiver in football. Uh, Going down, that hurts this team, especially because they can't run the football. Daryl Henderson's not good. Cam Akers can't run a lick. Matthew Stafford... Banged up. Looks like he'll be back from concussion protocol. But he has not been doing well 
this year does not have the numbers that he did last year. Eight touchdowns, eight interceptions. That's certainly not a one-to-one ratio you would like to have. And then on defense, they're just not as stout as people thought they'd be. Of course, I thought they'd be like this, but most people thought they'd be much better and they're not. Games in New Orleans, uh, Alvin Kamara is a great disappearing act. He'll appear for a game or two. He'll disappear for two or three games. So uh, we'll see. This is really a push game right here. I don't love either team what they do. Not sold on Andy Dalton by any stretch of imagination. I would you know, preferably bring back Jameis. Uh, by now, especially if Andy Dalton has a bad half. Uh, but I like New Orleans uh, to win this game. Detroit and the Giants. Detroit is feeling decent right now. They are uh, on a two-game winning streak after beating two bitter rivals, the Packers and the Bears. Dan Campbell got his first road game. Uh, road underdog win. Good for them. Uh Two, the two times I really don't pick the Lions this year, and they win both their games. So I'm just going to continue against that. I'm picking the Giants this week. They're also they're coming off a bye week. Uh, I think Saquon Barkley is just going to be a bit much for this Detroit Lions defense. I like how Aiden Hutchinson is progressing. To me, he is the second best rookie taken in the draft so far. Sauce Gardner has been terrific, but Aiden Hutchinson has been by far the best defensive lineman taken. They were close to picking Kayvon Thibodeau, and I'm glad they didn't because Kayvon hasn't done the half of what Aiden Hutchinson has done. He's rating, leading all rookies in sacks at five and a half, uh, leading in pressures too, I think, with 29, and he's got some quarterback hits and tackles. So I think he'll prove again on the field why he's better. I think he'll have a sack on Daniel Jones as well. You know, I think this is the best offense the Giants have faced so far this season outside of Dallas. Uh, Jared Goff can put up some points, uh, you know, with Amon Ross St. Brown if they're healthy, which they are. Jamal Williams is healthy. Uh, DeAndre Swift. So this will be a good game. I think it'll be close. However, I'm picking the Giants to win because maybe the Lions will then win. Carolina and Baltimore. Interesting game here. Baker Mayfield starting. P.J. Walker injured. Faces a team that he's faced before. The Baltimore Ravens, who he's 3-5 and five against. Who will get this one? You know, if Baker was on the Browns team, I would say, hey, Baker's got a chance of upsetting Baltimore. Uh, but they don't. And, Baltimore, and Carolina just has, to me, a not a good roster. Uh, especially offensively. You're plagued, especially by the quarterback position. Defense, they got some stars. But I think Lamar will be able to run on this defense, throw on this defense. Just fine. We'll see if Mark Andrews uh, comes back. He's questionable. You know, Gus Edwards is questionable. So if some of their players can come back, especially Mark Andrews to me is a big one. Uh, that's going to be too much for Carolina to overcome. Washington-Houston. Taylor Heineke. Taking it, Carson Wentz, they say he's not ready yet. I think he's ready, but commanders are riding this great wave uh, by Taylor Heineke in which he's won four, uh, once he's won three of his four starts, including against the Packers, uh, the Colts, and the Eagles, and then a close loss to the Vikings. Uh, Taylor Heineke's definitely infused some joy, it feels like, into this team, some camaraderie. 
something Carson Wentz just doesn't do. Because Carson Wentz, to me, is not a leader. Uh, Taylor Heineke probably knows he's not as naturally gifted as Carson Wentz. But if he can be a, a leader, be a winner, uh, that's all that matters in the NFL. And Ron Rivera respects that. So if they can get going uh, again, which I think they will, we've got a great running back duo. I shouldn't say great, good. I like Antonio Gibson. I think Byron Robinson is all right. They got a great wide receiver. I'll give great to the wide receiver, Terry McLaurin, who uh, is the first time Darius Slavis here has got hit like that. Terry McLaurin got him a couple times good in that game. He's a great wide receiver. Uh, Houston just doesn't have the defensive uh, depth to stop Washington. Las Vegas and Denver. Oh man, two disappointments in one sitting. This is the this is the Super Bowl of disappointing teams and infuriated fan bases. Las Vegas is two and seven. A lot of people, including myself, thought they'd be better than that record. And the Denver Broncos are three and six. And a lot of people, again, including myself, thought they'd be better. But these are two struggling, bad. Football teams. So what's going to give? I'm going with the Las Vegas Raiders to win this one. They won the earlier matchup 32-23. I think they're desperate for a win. And, you know, they're emotional. I think they're going to band together, win this game. Whereas, uh, what's it called? The uh, Broncos, they just look so dysfunctional. I mean, they look so bad. So bad. Denver is the worst offense in the NFL. The worst. The worst offense. They score 14.6 points per game. Barely 15 points. Barely 15. Yet they have a be- the best scoring defense with 16.6, so 17. So they've averaged 15 points a game, but they allow 17 Defense, great. But if you are only scoring 15 points, defense is letting them 17. Guess what? You're going to lose not because of your defense, but because your offense is so atrocious. So, no. Uh, this Broncos team, it's bad. It's down bad. Been bad. Uh, remain bad. I got Las Vegas winning this game. Last game I'm going to pick as well Sunday. Cincinnati and Pittsburgh. Cincinnati really had Pittsburgh's number uh, before the previous game. Yet, since he's 5-4, and four, I'm picking Cincy to win, but I'm worried. Why? Well, TJ Watt came back last week, if you didn't hear. And I did pick the Steelers against the Saints because of that. And they won 20-10, their first win uh, since they beat the Bucks earlier in the season. But, if you remember, Joe Burrow's probably having nightmares Right now, because T.J. Watt played week one, uh, because of that pressure, he was only sacked like seven times that game. Uh, Minka Fitzpatrick, you know, went off on him too. So uh, Joe Burrow's probably like, oh, why couldn't we have played him sooner without T.J. Watt? Uh, T.J. Watt can certainly wreck a game, take over of a game. I think he'll be fantastic in this matchup against the Pittsburgh uh, or against the Cincinnati Bengals. I like Cincy to win. However, I'm very nervous picking this one here because of how well uh, Steelers really play with T.J. Watt in that lineup. 
Uh, I think that'll be you know an underrated, very good game. Uh, but I think at the end, Joe Burrow can make some plays uh, down there and do well. T. Higgins with no Jamar Chase, it's still out. Uh, but I think Sensi will win this game. Close one. So those are my Week 11 picks, predictions, thoughts on the games. Now let's move on to some college football. And like I said, I'm much better this year picking college for some reason rather than the NFL. NFL has been frustrating, you know. Two things I usually bet on, Tom Brady, I'm right, I bet against Kirk Cousins, and this year it's just not happening. But last week, college football picks, I was 8-2, 70-39 and 39 as a whole this year on my college football picks, uh, which is pretty good if I do say so myself. So, nine games this week, who am I picking? First, TCU and Baylor. Last week I thought TCU could would lose to Texas, but Texas just didn't show up. However, I think Baylor will show up. Uh, last week, they got just blown out by Kansas State, but before that, they were playing some of their best football, beat Texas Tech, Oklahoma, uh, Kansas, you know, hung in there against West Virginia. So, Baylor, I think is a good team. Uh, TCU just clinched a spot in the Big 12 championship game. Uh, you know, Sonny Dykes, the head coach here, is trying not to preach, you know, anything. They're trying to keep the underdog strategy. But I think Baylor go uh, doesn't go in there. TCU goes into T- uh, Baylor. And Baylor upsets them. I'm going back-to-back upset picks there. I think Baylor can do it. Montana, Montana State. I'm going with Montana State. Better record, nine and three. Uh, seven, my bad, nine and one against the seven and three Montana. I just think Montana State's at. That's where it's at right now. Go State. Kansas State, West Virginia. I like Kansas State. I think they're a good football team. To me, one of the better ones in the uh, Big Twelve. The Big Twelve is really beating each other up a lot this year. Outside of TCU, it's oh this team. You know, Texas beats Oklahoma, and, uh, you know, Oklahoma State beats Texas, but, you know, Texas beats Kansas State, Oklahoma, you know, State loses. You know, it's all over the place, this Big 12 conference. Uh, I think this one will be very close. However, Kansas State gets a win here as they're still trying to vie for a spot in that Big 12 championship game. It's still a lot to play for for this Kansas State team. Iowa and Minnesota. Last week, Iowa, Wisconsin. I picked Iowa in the upset. Got that one right. However, that was in Kinnick Stadium. This time, it's in Minnesota. P.J. Fleck, head coach here. They're rowing the boat. Give me Minnesota over Iowa in this game. Boise State, Wyoming. Not on the blue field, but I like Boise State to win this game. And then we got Bedlam. Oklahoma State, Oklahoma. Uh, Oklahoma State seven and three, not as good as they thought they'd be. Neither is Oklahoma five and five. Uh, this game obviously not as hyped as some previous matchups like last year. Uh, the past ten years, Oklahoma seven and three against Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State got its first one last year in like first of six. Uh, 
So that was good. And I think the momentum's going to continue. Sanders there at quarterback, I trust a bit more than Dylan Gabriel, even though he's got the higher upside. I like Mike Gundy more as well uh, than Brent Venables, the head coach of Oklahoma. I think Gundy will get his troops in order, his team ready, uh, and they'll go ahead and beat Oklahoma in this one. I'm surprised about Oklahoma being seven-and-a-half-point favorites. Uh, I'd bet on Oklahoma State to close the gap there. Then Ole Miss, Arkansas. Arkansas almost pulled off the upset last week uh, against LSU, and Ole Miss did the same thing. They got so close to Alabama, yet couldn't beat them. So to bounce back, I do like Ole Miss uh, to win this game, Lane Kiffin. They're still trying to get to 10-2 in New Year's, New Year's Six Bowl game. I like Ole Miss to win this game. Now my next two picks are the Battle of the Pac-12. The matchups lost a little luster, but should still otherwise be entertaining. The first, USC and UCLA. UCLA with a bad loss to Arizona last week. Kind of a shocker. Pac-12 after dark sort of thing. USC's just been rolling. But they've played one good team so far. And that was Utah, and they lost. Now we're going to UCLA in the Rose Bowl. Know there will be a lot of USC fans there as well. The Crosstown Showdown. But UCLA won last year. When these teams are ranked and they're good, tends to go to UCLA. I think Chip Kelly knows the seriousness of the rivalry. Uh, Lincoln Riley, first year, his gig here. I like UCLA to upset USC. USC's favored, predicted a win. But I think Dorian Thompson-Robinson is a great quarterback. Not as good as Caleb Williams, maybe, but he's good. Zach Charbonnet, one of the best running backs in college football, whereas USC has lost Travis Dye. Uh, the weapons there, Jordan Addison. And I mean, I'll just, I just want to side riff here on USC. You know, a lot of people, not a lot of people, one in particular person that I listened to thought, you know, you know, the job that Lane Kiff, or my bad, Lincoln Riley has done just resurrecting USC last year were four and eight, a tire fire of a program. They were just so bad and they did what they did now. I mean, just look, look Lincoln Riley, one of the great coaches, you know. Uh, it's more than just link. Yes, they were bad last year, but they had so many transfers come in here. They had Caleb Williams, five-star, who was with Lincoln Riley in Oklahoma, now to USC, knows a program, so that's big to have a great coach, quarterback duo. They went out and somehow got Jordan Addison, who last year was the Billikinoff winner for best wide receiver in college football, Oh, who played with Kenny Pickett and Pitt last year, and they won the ACC. Uh, and then they got a ton of other transfers as well. So USC riding high right now. But I think USA Chip Kelly brings them back down to earth and officially eliminates the Pac-12 from college football playoff contention. Go UCLA. And then the night game. Utah and Oregon. I'm a sucker for Utah. I was the beginning of the season. I like Utah to win this game at Oregon. Utah won handily last year. Uh, against Oregon, you know, second to last game of the season, Pac-12 championship game. I think Utah will handle Oregon again, suffer three straight losses to them in just a year span. Dan Landing's been great as a head coach. However, give me, you know, Whittingham, head coach of Utah, Cameron Rising. To me, is a bit tougher than Bo Nix. Bo Nix has been good. Bit dinged up last week, offensive line, bit dinged up. That worries me because of how physical Utah is. Uh, I think that just leads to a Utah win. So that's another one I have going to be used.
Now I just want to wrap up. Aaron Judge yesterday won the MVP. Paul Goldschmidt won NL MVP. And Aaron Judge, just congratulations to him. Uh, two shorts vote of unanimous, 28-2. to two, And I feel like it should have been uh, a unanimous MVP with how good that season is. Uh, offensively, a lot of people living right now have not seen a great offensive season like that. Historic, you know, since peak Barry Bonds. But again, tainted by steroids and abuse. That whole era with Sammy Sosa and all those jokers that, you know, took the juice. Uh, to me, this isn't a true historic performance since the, you know, Mickey Mantle days in the 50s and 60s. This is how historic it was. Uh, it was great, you know, AL home run record, led every offensive category, and he's good on defense too, uh, out there in right field. I mean, to me, he's just as valuable as Shohei Otani, and I love Shohei Otani. But if Aaron Judge and Shohei can be the face of the MLB, face of baseball, uh, that's good news uh, for Robert Manfred and for baseball. Again, great by Aaron Judge, deserving to win this MVP, great for baseball. And now I want to make one final prediction, and that is my World Cup prediction. I do like getting in uh, and watching the World Cup. I find it very enjoyable. And this is how I have my final four. I have France, Brazil, Argentina, and Portugal. I think Brazil and Argentina, you know, very two talented teams. Brazil probably has the best overall team. I still think Messi is the GOAT, best player in soccer. Uh, I think he'll advance Argentina. They're riding a 35-36 game unbeaten streak. Probably beat Italy's record. They've been fantastic. Uh, but France, past winner of a World Cup, I don't think they repeat because it's so hard to do. Uh, don't have Paul Pogba. Huge loss there. Uh, Kylian Mbappe will really have to step up this time around. Uh, Portugal... Young squad has gotten better, I believe, even with Cristiano Ronaldo leading the attack. It's going to be how engaged is he with Portugal, because right now there's a lot of off-field issues with Manchester United. Uh, but I have France-Argentina, Argentina winning it all, uh, which has been a while since the South uh, American team won. You know, European leagues usually dominate you know, France, Germany, Spain, Europe, and I think, I mean, England, uh, I think all those teams will do good. I think England will advance. Uh, you know, I think Poland is an interesting matchup for Argentina in their division uh, or their group. Again, Germany, Spain, I think Denmark, Belgium, Croatia, some good teams in there. Uh, Uruguay as well. So there's a lot of good teams. I definitely favor the, you know, European side. But the one thing I like about Argentina is they faced a great Italy team, uh, and they hammered Italy uh, back in June. So they know what it's like to face European teams, uh, you know, and beat them. Whereas Brazil hasn't faced one since their loss, um, you know, in the last World Cup. So Argentina, to me, has an advantage right there, and I think Argentina wins the World Cup. That's going to be very exciting, very fascinating to watch. That starts Sunday, but most of the games will really start from Monday on in Qatar. College football on this weekend, NFL. A lot of great sports to watch. This has been Unbothered. 
Hope you all have a great weekend. Talk to you soon. Bye, everybody.